Welcome to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. The fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life, love, and leadership to the next level. Hello, my friends. It's Matt Morgan. Welcome back to the podcast. And today's topic is the Enneagram 7. And I have with me today, uh, there he is, the enthusiast. The enthusiast, baby. My best friend, Justin Bender. Come on. Joining us again 10 weeks later. So pumped you're here with us. And so if you can't tell, the seven is the enthusiast. They're the ones who's fun. They're spontaneous. They're adventuresome. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I just, I freaking love you, bro. I love seven. <laughs> I, I wish I was a seven. Uh, Deep down, oh, I think when man. I took the test, I'm like, please be a seven. Please be a seven. <laughs> Really? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're the fun one, you know? I think that's oh, why I'm drawn man. to you. It's like you make life so interesting. Um, so if you guys are listening in, you're wondering, I wonder if I'm a type seven or if I'm married to one or dating one or at work with one. Well, here's their core motivation, which is really how you know a number. It's to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences and to avoid pain, okay? This is the Peter Pan number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Neverland. Neverland. So uh, I'm going to give some descriptions uh, just so the audience can understand. I wonder what are some tendencies or types, you know, that are behaviors that I have. And then I would love to hear from you, Justin, as I read these off afterwards, how many of these resonate with you. So here they are. Okay, you guys ready? I'm always the first person up for a last minute adventure. (laughs) I'm an optimist, sometimes to a fault. I don't like making hard and fast commitments to things. I suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. Anticipation is the best part of life. People close to me say that I can be argumentative at times. Variety and spontaneity are the spice of life. Sometimes I get so eager for the future, I can hardly wait for it to get here. It's hard for me to finish things. When I get close to the end of the project, I start thinking about the next thing, and sometimes I get so excited, I just move on. I usually have heavy conversations and confrontations. When people I care about are having a hard time, I help them look at the bright side of the situation. Other people think I'm sure of myself, but secretly I have lots of doubts. I'm popular and I got lots of friends. When things get too serious for too long, I find a way for people to lighten up and often tell jokes and funny stories. I don't like endings, so I will usually wait for people to break up with me. I quickly get bored with the same routine and I like to try new things. Almost everything can be more fun with a little effort. I think people worry more than they should. Life is better than people imagine. It's all about how you explain things to yourself. And lastly, I don't like it when people have expectations of me. All right. So just for you as a seven and uh, you got an eight wing here, but what percentage of these descriptions resonate with you and in which particular ones stand out the most for you? Oh, I'd probably say like 95% or more were absolutely 100% true for me. Stuff like the FOMO stuff, fear of missing out. Like I'm so scared all the time that I'm going to miss out on something great because I didn't try or we didn't go or we didn't do the thing. For whatever reason, I'm worried I'm not going to get the best experience. I'm always thinking that people are worrying for nothing. Always, like just constantly. One of the biggest issues in my life, in my marriage, is 
when my wife will share with me something that's difficult in her life, something that she's been thinking about, something that's hard, is I will constantly and almost immediately tell her why whatever she's having a hard time with is really not that big of a deal. And if you think about it, it's actually a good thing and she should be more optimistic about it. Sevens, we're always thinking about the future. Future is always an exciting opportunity. And I think the biggest kind of seven thing that I've experienced and I can think of is just the idea that I don't want to be boxed in. I don't want people to have expectations of me. I don't want to be restricted in any way. I want to be free to move about the cabin, to roam <laughs> about the country. Like I just, I need no limits so that I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Because if I ever feel pain, I need to get out of there. I need to move because I need to have fun and it needs to be light and airy and enjoyable. Mm, okay, so two thoughts here. Pain, let's shelf that. I'm going to come back to it because I think okay. it's really important. But first, tell me, what do you like most about being a seven, personally? Oh, I like that I can turn any activity into a game, into an adventure. Matt, you know, in college, me and our very close friend, Matt Hofkes, we're just walking on a path and end up going on this crazy, wild, nighttime makeshift rafting adventure. In and winter. Like, in, in winter. In Wisconsin. <laughs> it's like at any moment in my life, like the most boring, trivial thing could just turn into something so fun and outrageous and crazy. And even now with like my kids at home, like I'm constantly, it's like, oh, we're going to clean up toys. Okay, well, how can we turn this into like a sword fighting, you know, gun shooting, fun adventure where we're just playing with toys while we're, you know, putting them away or whatever it is. Like I'm just, I'm never satisfied with the task being the task. It has to be something more and exciting, which I love about myself. And we yeah. can get into the downfall of that, but <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. So your core motivation is to try to find the most exciting thing happen and to avoid pain at all costs. Is that kind of the core motivation for you or would you say it differently? Oh, absolutely. And finding the most exciting thing is definitely the byproduct of the pain. So like, it's not like I want to avoid pain and I want to find something exciting. It's I want to find something exciting because I need to avoid the pain. Mm. So let's talk about the pain. That's probably maybe the shadow side of your seven, right? So what about pain is scary for you? I think it's, and I've been thinking a lot about this lately because I do wonder why that's such a big deal to me. Like pain is a fairly natural thing in life. Everybody experiences it some way, somehow, emotionally, physically, whatever. But I think for me, pain typically equals being trapped. Mm. Like if you're feeling pain, most of the time you have a sense of feeling trapped. Otherwise, you probably would find a way to get around it, right? Now for a seven, that gets amplified because we'll try anything. A lot of people will will avoid pain and they have all their different ways of doing that. We all have our proclivities in that way. But sevens will take that to an extreme. And so for me, I think it's like when I'm feeling it, I'm feeling trapped. I feel like my life has gone away that I don't like, out of control. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't feel good. I need go. And like one example that I have of this, which you've known for years now, my wife and I, we started a church a few years back. And while we were planting the church about three years in, I hit a wall. And 
I became incredibly depressed. And that depression and pain actually came out of feeling trapped and feeling like I don't know what to do. I don't know how to break out of this pain that I'm feeling. I don't know how to break out of this wall that I've hit. And it continued to just expound on itself. Like the pain just kept getting worse. And because it got worse, I kept wanting to avoid it. And it continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually I just collapsed. And the thing about sevens is they are so good, so good about making everyone else think that they're doing great. They will continue to make people laugh and put on a smiling face. And especially as a pastor at a church, like no one knows anything's going on. And so you end up creating this gigantic mess that no one else knows you're going through and you can keep everyone out and they all think you're happy and you're doing great when actually inside you're falling apart. Hmm. So for seven, that is like the worst possible place to be. Wow. That's powerful. And, you know, I would say that it's been so cool to watch you go through this journey as you've discovered the Enneagram and watch you sit into pain, not because it's like, oh, let me go find pain. But like when no. they're almost like saying to a dog, stay, like stay, like I'm going to be here and do this. And I just kind of want to give, you know, the audience who thinks that maybe uh, am I a seven? What does a healthy seven look like? And Justin, I would say you're a very healthy seven. But within each type, you guys, as you remember from other weeks, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you learned by now there's a spectrum between healthy, average, and unhealthy types. And at any given moment, we can swing from one to the next. It's not just like, oh, I'm healthy or I'm unhealthy. You know, it's like I could be healthy in one moment and then like the next conversation I could be unhealthy. And so we yes, can swing. Absolutely. Let me give you some descriptions here. So the healthy seven, they're people who are aware of their energy and the kind of energy that it takes to manufacture happiness. Like they're aware of that. And they understand that joy is sweeter than manufacturing happiness. They've embraced a full range of human emotion, not just happiness. And they accept life as it is rather than as they want it to be. They're people who are able to incorporate pain and disappointment in the whole of their lives rather than avoiding it. And they're not only fun, but they're also grounded and they're practical and they're resilient. So that's a healthy seven. Justin, that is totally you. And then an average seven is the people who reframe almost every sad thing, tension, or something perceived as failure by changing the narrative so that even the most negative events are recast into an affirming way. <laughs> Silver lining. And yep. so most of their happiness is in anticipation and most sadness is in the reality of their expectation that are seldom realized. And so they entertain to feel safe and they claim their place in a group. And so though they are very popular, sometimes they find commitment to be a challenge and have trouble finishing projects. So that's an average one. And then an unhealthy seven is a person who sees themselves in their environment as completely inadequate. And they feel sorry for themselves and they often believe that they have been dealt an unfair hand in life. And so they try to avoid pain at any and all cost, which leads then to irresponsible behavior and seeking instant gratification. And so they're often reckless. They can be addiction prone. And so some of the most addicted people can be sevens. Why is that, you think? It's because of that constant need for stimulation. We all know this. Like if your mind is occupied, if you're active, you can usually ignore 
a lot of other things. Like when you're at work and you're into it and you've got stuff going on, you're busy, right? You're not thinking about all the other stuff at home and all the you know family issues, the whatever. Like, no, you're just getting stuff done. And a seven takes that to an extreme. And most of the time it's with the gluttony, so with pleasure. Like they're gluttons for pleasure. Mm. So it's whatever just feels good. Like you brought up entertainment. I would say that's like one of my number one things. It's like when I'm like in that stress time, when I'm just not doing well, when I'm an unhealthy seven, like I'm just like, you know what? I just want to shut everybody out and just binge on Netflix constantly. Just like I don't like how I feel. I don't like how things are going. I'm overwhelmed. I feel trapped. I'm just going to sit and watch three hours of Netflix. Like I just can't do it. Obviously plenty of other addictions, the food, like anything that like gives you that sense of pleasure, feeling good. It's like a fake happy. That's what a seven will long for and run to. Mm, so that's the real shadow side of the deadly sin. It's gluttony. It's so big. You know, I heard, I think Ian Cron say this, maybe he was quoting someone else from one of his podcasts that he's done. He said, sevens long to be satisfied, but they settle for more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. Like it never stopped. It's never good enough. I told my wife, Kristen, this the other day, I'm a general contractor, home remodeler, and I love my tools. And I have some incredible tools. I have quite a lot of money invested into my tools. I have a big trailer, I have a truck, I have all this stuff, right? And I told her, I'm like, honey, I love every single one of my tools. And I would love an infinite amount more of tools. I can't stop. Do you remember Tim, the tool man, Taylor, whatever? Yeah. I feel like right oh, now man. you need to like do that grunt right oh, now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yes, that's exactly right. Like I want more power, more power, right? That's all you <laughs> ever wanted in that show. I'm like, I love my tools. They're so great. So can I just do another one? Like I just want another great tool. I just, I want more good. I just want all the good things in life. None of the bad. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how your sevenness developed through childhood. When did you start seeing that in yourself? And then after that, maybe tell us about the journey of becoming a healthy seven. Such a good question. And I'll try to verbally process it with you. I've tried to like think through this quite a bit. And I think the long answer is I don't know exactly how it's looked. But there's a couple of things that I've seen in my life that I'll share. One of the woundings for a seven that psychologists talk about a lot is this idea that a lot of times sevens weren't really nurtured a lot growing up. Like it wasn't a super warm, loving kind of environment. And my parents, I've never once doubted for a second that my parents love me, that they were going to take care of me, all of that. I never really felt the nurturing stuff growing up. And because of that, I think you start to feel that pain as a child of like, no one's really taking care of me. So I better start taking care of myself. How am I going to do that? Well, you better figure this thing out, kid. You start to make decisions and see how other people respond. And I know that like in middle school, I started leading like worship at our church in the youth group. And I got so much praise from all the adults in my life, from a lot of the other kids. So I was, you know, playing music and stuff like that. And I mean, I was up on stage leading and it just felt so natural. Like, I wasn't nervous for a second. I felt like I could get up there and just, I mean, lead the whole thing so easily. And I got praised for it and it felt great. And 
being that it felt great, I wanted more. <laughs> and so I think diving into, like, I've always loved music and I still play music for my church volunteer and stuff like that. But I think that was one of the reasons why I became a full-time worship pastor for so many years was because of childhood and seeing like, oh, this worked. People talked about it and talked about me. I got rewarded for that. And so I wanted more and more and more of that feeling. And so I think it just developed that way of just feeling like, okay, I got to do this myself. I'm feeling this pain. Okay, how can I not feel it? Okay, I'm going to go into music. I'm going to go into to leadership in this sort of way. And then I think as I've gotten older, and even at college, I think Matt has talked about a while back, but talked about how like, if you ever want to know what your number is, the best way to think about it is like, what were you like in your early 20s? And for me, my early 20s were like, just take a seven and then like put a seven on steroids. And that's like what I was um, <laughs> through and, and through uh, Matt knows my Matt will say, amen, raise his hand on this one. Cause it's like, I mean, I was with tons of people every day, just was the life of the party. Like I couldn't be alone. I couldn't be by myself because when you're by yourself, you feel the pain. Like they say the silence is deafening. I can't just sit here with my thoughts and feelings because if I sit here by myself, I might fall. I might cry myself to sleep because it hurts. Mm. Whatever it is, and I don't even know what it is, but life isn't easy, you guys. Life isn't, you know, rainbows. It's difficult, and I never want to go there. And so I fill up my life with all these seemingly good things that will help me to avoid the real things. And so in my early 20s, just filling it up, filling all my time up with people, excitement, adventures, and good things. And that's the thing about all of these numbers. And I know, Matt, you hit this home every podcast. It's like every number has just such gold in it. And I can tell you, like, I love being a seven. I love being able to lift people's spirits and make people laugh. And I love being able to go on adventures with my little boys and go on adventures with friends and, and see the world in a beautiful way. I love that. And that's my gift to the world. I get to be that. And I know I've gotten to do that a lot, even in my 20s. But the thing that I think kind of brought me along in the world, and I hear this a lot on all the podcasts I've listened to and the books I've read, it's like your personality and your type, your number type, like they've gotten you to where you are today. Mm. So like, they'll get you pretty far up until you're about 30 years old. But then they're gonna keep you from getting where you need to go. So that personality that you've developed, that number type that you are, that has really helped you to get to where you are, to get your job, to get whatever it is, right? But now you need to get beyond it. And I think as I've gotten through my 20s, now I'm in my 30s, it's like, wow, this avoiding pain thing that I've done my whole life is actually causing deep pain in my wow. life. The very thing that I'm trying to avoid is causing the thing that I can't stand. And so, yeah, I think now it's being able to tell myself, kind of like we were talking about earlier, no, stay, stay. I feel it right now. I feel some pain. I feel some darkness in there. Okay, it's okay. You're not going to die. <laughs> You're not going to die. Just stay here. Just let it wash over. It'll pass. Because I think that's where my fear is. Is like, it's never going to go away. It's all over. My life's over. This is going to hurt forever. And then I want to run. But now it's like, nope, stay here. And my wife is helping me so much talk through this stuff and becoming aware that I'm doing it 
it is huge. So yeah, that's kind of been the progression now. And now even I think as I've gotten even more and more healthy and like done the work on this stuff, like I'm looking more and more like a five, which is where I go in security. Mm. So there's a whole stress and security thing. It's like five looks nothing like a seven. A five is like introverted, introspective. They're analytical. They're a lot more of a thinker, deep thinker. Like that's, I think, becoming a little bit more normal for me. Like I don't like to go out with a bunch of people. Like I'd rather have a little bit more intimate setting. I'd like to talk about deep things and how people are doing and what's going on with them. I don't like surface conversations. And so, yeah, I think that's been kind of my progression thus far. Yeah, it's been such an interesting journey being your college roommate. And, you know, we've been best friends for God, how many years now? (laughs) So 15 years or more. It's just so cool to see like you go from life of the party, you know, total spastic seven almost. (laughs) Yeah. So much fun. But I love like I can't be by myself because sevens don't like thinking about the past or even being in the present if it's dull. So there's so future mindset oriented. And so and now like here you are in your 30s and you're right. It's like that five, uh, you know, comes out so much more you're intellectual, you process, you're curious, you're learning new trades all the time. You know, in the contract construction world, you're constantly learning how to do something new. You love it. You're self-taught. You know, there's just so much beauty there. And yet you still have your playful, loving, you can come in and out. The thing that I love so much about you in a seven is, and I think probably the reason why we're best friends is because like we can hit every level of relationship, you know, at one time. It's like we can go be super goofy and crazy and play sports and then we can cry together and then we can like have a hard conversation and we can have a deep conversation and then we can go back into fun and we can just flow back and forth. And I think that's absolutely beauties of a seven. Does a three, God, I long for. And I typically as a three, you know, I'm like, I like to put on my mask. I want to try to make sure I put my best foot forward. But with you as a seven and a healthy seven, I've been able to let my mask go and be my authentic self more and more. You've helped me with that. And your seven with your playfulness and your laughter. Oh my God. I was just thinking, I was like, I think laughter is as deep as tears. Oh yeah. And your kind of ability to laugh, you know, like kicks back the darkness in a great way. And so I was curious, where do you see your strength and weakness occur when it comes to using humor within groups? (laughs) Yeah, great question. So I was a lead pastor where I was doing the sermons every week for a little over three years or so. And this is just a microcosm of this conversation. But I think one of the best things about my ability to preach on a Sunday morning was my ability to break down people's walls through levity and humor and being able to tell a funny story, to relate to someone else's story, to bring the truth of whatever I was talking about in a way that would help people feel like, oh yeah, I can relate to this thing or I get what we're talking about, whatever it was. And I think the ability to connect for a seven, it's so second nature to us. It's just like, this is the easiest thing in the world. Like I know how to connect with people and humor is such a great way to tear down walls and to bring people together, especially men, (laughs) but everyone. And so I think like I've been able to do that, especially like when you're with kind of, you know, new people, like humor really just kind of builds that bond of like, we're doing this together. Now it can get kind of bad if a seven is really unhealthy and they want to use their humor to like rip people down so that they feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. You've known me for a long time. I don't think I've ever really gone down that direction as much 
probably earlier on in my 20s was about when that hit <laughs> hit the highest but i think nowadays like i'm seeing it like i can understand myself a lot more as i'm becoming more and more aware that when i'm trying to use humor not to build relationships or to tear down walls but in order to get someone to think that i'm awesome like when I'm using it as like a manipulation tool, like it's kind of weird that like a seven can almost like turn on and off a switch. Like you could go into like a dinner party as a seven and just be like, I'm going to turn it on tonight and I'm going to like woo these people. Yes. <laughs> and you can do it for like the complete wrong reason and really be a jerk. Like you can do it just because like you want it to be about you mm. instead of, you know what? I want to be the grease in the wheels kind of a thing like I want to help bring this group of people together and have fun like I've been on vacations with like groups of friends and I feel like a seven is like in a perfect opportunity there to actually like bring the group together but when they're doing it to be like hey look at me look at how awesome I am it's more about that like pain element you know you get into a lot of pride which all the numbers have pride all the numbers have fear all the numbers have these other things but a seven can really manipulate the situation a lot kind of like a three does but a seven will do it in a little bit even more devious way where you'll think that they don't even care at all about what's going on but really internally they know exactly what they're doing mm, wow that is so powerful well what is it about sevens that people might not know is true about you Oh, and I've heard this other places too from other sevens, but I deeply resonate with it. And it's just this idea that I'm more than just like a smiling, jolly, happy face. During my time as being a pastor, I would get kind of like, not made fun of, but people would just kind of, you know, rib me every now and again and be like, oh, it's Justin. He's got the funny joke. Ha, 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 ha. And it just seemed like maybe even a majority of the time, people tend to not take seven seriously. Mm. it's like oh they're just the class clown they're just the joking guy like they don't really mean it or they're not thinking clearly about this they're not a deep thinker they're not whatever and that hurts a lot as somebody who's like an entertainer enthusiast you know this life of the party person like you like that aspect about you but you know you're so much more just like all of these numbers and you kind of get pigeonholed into oh well you're the funny guy you're the guy who will just kind of make a joke at this or whatever and I can't tell you how many times in my life I've just like had like a normal day. Like I'm not really happy or sad. I'm just kind of in the middle. I'm just kind of okay. And like my wife or a family member or just person that I'm meeting or whatever, or especially during the church day, people would be like, are you okay? What's wrong? And when you're a seven, you constantly get the feedback from people in your life that if you're not on, you're off. Hmm. If you're not the life of the party, if you're not making us all laugh, if you're not smiling and jolly and telling jokes and all this, then no one really wants to be around you and they're wondering why you're mad or you're upset or you're down. And you're just like, man, this is exhausting. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm actually happy, but I don't want to play the clown right now. Mm -hmm. and it gets very very tiring to constantly be on and that's why i think like as a seven gets healthier and they get more secure they let that go and they become like a five who doesn't care at all about what other people think about 
and they don't have to be that and they can be more introverted and they don't have to let everyone know everything and be this, you know, like the party, whatever. They can just kind of sit there and watch people. And a seven, as they become more secure, they'll be like, oh, I can be that. No, I'm good. I don't have to be that guy. Like, I can just be me, whatever that looks like. As I've gotten older, like, oh man, it's just been so wonderful to be like, I don't have to entertain everyone. I Mm. don't have to be the life of the party. That's so powerful. Yeah, there is such a depth to you. And it's kind of interesting because when I first looked at the triads, I thought for sure a seven would be in the feeling or emotion <laughs> right? triad. Yeah. Because everything you do, you know, from a seven is like, Wee! you know, but it's like, no, you're in the thinking triad. It's like, oh, it's like you are a deep thinker. And sevens, eights, and threes are the most aggressive stances. And so they're forward people, oftentimes extroverted in nature. But there is this beauty of processing depth, of asking questions. And sevens are really fast. You can be thinking, bam, 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 bam. They think, eight. oh, yeah. But it's like you can be thinking of five things at one time, you know, and yet have coherent thoughts on all of them. You know, there's so much depth to a seven. So there's a fascination there. Let me ask you this. As we close out here, if someone's listening to this and they're like, man, I think I'm a seven and I might be an unhealthy one. What would you say to them to help them take a step forward toward health? Oh, I would say it's okay to not feel okay. And I would say, like all of us, if we haven't worked out a muscle, like it's very weak. And so you have to really start using that muscle more and more and more and more. And then it gets stronger and stronger. And I'd say the muscle that you need to start working out, just rudimentary, right off the beginning, just very little, but it's going to start building, is this idea that when you're feeling uncomfortable, when something doesn't feel exciting, when something doesn't feel joyful, it doesn't feel good, try to sit and not run. For me, it's like when I'm just sitting there in the living room, I get home from work and my boys just want to sit and play with their toys with me. I'm tired. I'm exhausted from the day. And I just want to like dive into my Instagram account or like watch Netflix or something because I just want to get lost because I'm not feeling stimulated. I'm just starting to feel a little uncomfortableness just being in the monotony. Like I want something exciting and stimulating. I'm not feeling it. This is the most important time to just lean in with my kids. And I would say, when you feel that as a seven, just stay. And maybe it's one minute today. And then next week, it'll be two minutes. And the following week, it'll be three and so on and so forth. And I'd say one way to start building this, this is going to sound terrifying to a seven because I know it's terrifying to me, is when you are in the car by yourself, turn off all music or podcasts or audiobooks or whatever and just drive in silence. And if you're a seven right now, if you're any other number, most numbers, you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I do that all the time. Seven's like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you just murdered me. Like, I, that's like, I think one of my biggest fears in the world is like someone would put me in like a four walled room that has nothing in it, like concrete floors and white walls. And there's <laughs> yeah. like, and then it's like, sit here for the next eight hours without a phone or anything. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm good at that. Yeah, I just went to the seventh level of hell right there. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dante's seventh level is in a padded room with nothing for a seven. And so I would say just, like, start to build that muscle by, like, getting in the car and don't turn on anything and just drive. Just let your mind go, and it's okay. It's okay. Just sit. 
just sit and just let that be like one of your gym, like, you know, things that you do. Like you go to the gym to work out your body, you know, like let's go to the car and like turn off all devices and everything. And this is how we're going to start working out our minds and our spirits. This is going to be one little step. And like, especially with sevens, they want to like run to the most exciting thing. Oftentimes our families are not the most exciting thing to us. You need to work on that muscle. Like sit with your kids, sit at the dinner table, like read the book at night, you know, do the thing where, oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel exciting. Oh, I'm just going to run off and watch a show. No, 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 stop. Sit, sit, sit. I'm not saying you can't go off and watch a show. I'm just saying like just for a couple minutes, like start setting timers on that stuff because you're trying to avoid the pain and the difficulty, but actually you're going to create far more pain and difficulty for your family, for yourself later on if you don't start working on that stuff. Because as we all know, if you can delay gratification, you will have a far better life. This has been proven all across the board in business and personal life. This is the whole marshmallow experiment that you've heard of where they gave kids a marshmallow and they said, don't eat it. And if you don't eat it, we'll come back and we'll give you two later on. And the kids who delayed the gratification they were the most successful in life and a seven has the hardest time delaying that gratification and it's going to kill you it's going to kill all your relationships it's going to destroy you if you let it but you don't have to you can get beyond that wow so powerful well for those of you who are thinking man i may be a seven i'm sure you're glad to have justin be able to speak wisdom into you justin thank you so much for being on this podcast yes it's been fun life is always more fun when you can do it with your friends so oh man we have a great time this is a blast and uh for those of you who this podcast sparked questions you can simply go to mattmorgan.com go to the contact us page there and go ahead and type in your questions and we'll respond back either through an email or through a podcast if we think there's enough people asking the same questions so thank you for listening everyone and we will see you next week thanks for listening to the matt morgan coaching podcast subscribe below share it with your friends and if you want to take your life love or leadership to the next level check us out online at mattmorgan.com